Welcome, friends, to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Carrie Holton. In today's podcast, we are continuing our conversation with Bill Stone. If you were not here in our last episode and you missed it, I would encourage you to find part one. It would be episode number 25. Bill Stone, in case you missed his credentials, is a highly successful businessman who also loves the Lord and loves the church. As I said earlier, he has some $163 million worth of assets under his management. He's in the top 10% of his firm at Edward Jones. He's a financial advisor, a mentor, a coach, a trainer. We're so glad to have him with us. And today, I just want to continue our conversation. This is an interview that I had with Bill Stone a few weeks ago. And uh, he talks about he talks about results and focusing on results and accountability and expectations. And you can tell he has the heart of a church leader, that he loves church leaders. So without further ado, let's jump right into part two of my interview with Bill. Okay, yeah. now uh, let's let me let me uh, ask how you would respond to this. Okay, you talked about results, you've talked about expectations, you've talked about the standard to which God calls us all. Uh, it sounds like a, a control. It sounds a lot like control. Uh, should church leaders have this kind of control? Would you would you comment on that? Well, yeah, and that's, it does sound like control, but I'd I'd rather um, uh, position it as that the church leaders are creating an environment for people to, to excel in their spiritual walk. Okay. So it's not, it's not control. It's creating an environment because if we, if we, um, in this environment, in this, in this, you know, and again, it's setting the boundaries, right? This helps us to manage, uh, ourselves and lead others, right? Because we want to, we want to be leaders of our families, of people, our friends. And so having these, having the clear boundaries that is set by leaders produces freedom. Mm. It's not control. So freedom, freedom, think of it as that. Um, and you can almost, I don't know if this is a great analogy, but I've been thinking about, um, you know, the, the reason we have freedom to drive on the roads is because of the rules of the road that everybody obeys. Mm-hmm. Right. So like here in America, we all drive on the right hand side of the road um, you know, don't cross the white line, uh, stop at the stop signs. As long as everybody um, obeys the rules of the roads, we have the freedom to go anywhere we want. It's when people disobey the rules that we have problems. Could end up in, a, in an accident, right? Yes. Well, I think it's, so our freedom in Christ is in, in denying ourselves during our physical life, right? We die to ourselves. We die to sin. We have freedom in Christ. That's spiritual freedom. But if we if we focus on ourselves and we serve ourselves and we and we and we want to serve the physical and and we deny the spiritual, with the vice versa is true, right? We we live now, but we'll die spiritually, which means we won't be in heaven with God. Mm-hmm. And so this freedom comes from from creating an environment where people can can uh, excel in their spiritual walk. And, and so, and again, it's not control because again, like having the rules of the road for driving, it creates the freedom to go where we need and want to go. I see. I like that distinction. It's not control. It's about 
creating boundaries and creating an environment that allows people to grow. Exactly. Good. Exactly. Good. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about accountability. I have an idea that in the business world uh, and in your world where you work and operate, I have I have an idea that you hold people accountable, people who maybe work for you, even holding yourself accountable, I would say. Uh, yes, absolutely. To what extent do you believe church leaders should hold themselves and others accountable? Oh, um, accountability in the business world, when we talk about um, personal growth and uh, uh, business growth and uh, leadership growth, um, the one constant that always proves itself out is that the, the individuals and the businesses that grow the most are the individuals and businesses who have accountability partners. Mm. And the accountability partners are uh, groups of accountability that are individuals that I'm accountable to are people that are saying, okay, uh, is a real simple example. Um, Bill, you said you would get, uh, last week, you said you'd get this done by Wednesday. Well, now it's Wednesday. Did you get that done? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. And here's where we have to be completely honest and right. And we're saying yes or no. <laughs> well, yes, I got it done. Good. What are you going to do this week? <laughs> what? Okay, good. You said you'd do that. You did it. That's being accountable, right? So now, now, what are you going to do this next week? Okay. And so next week that per, my accountability partner is going to ask me, you said you were going to do this bill. Did you do it? So how does that translate over to, you know, church leadership? You know, and I think it's, you know, uh, when we, we want to create an environment where people are growing spiritually, well, then we have to hold them accountable to see if they're growing. Mm. Well, now Bill, uh, I'll tell you that I think, I think this is something we're probably not good at in the church, holding each other right. accountable. I think we're hesitant to do that, maybe for several reasons. One, we feel like we're the wrong people to do that, or we're not mature enough to do it, or what have you. Or we feel like we're going to scare people away. If we hold them accountable, they're going to run off. <laughs> True. There is that, there's that concern, right? That's a, and, and maybe it's in some, you know, if we are aggressive in our accountability that I could see running, pushing people away. Okay. So here's where, you know, church leaders are going to have to, in a very loving and caring and, and, and understanding way, hold people accountable. Good. Right. And this, and this could be, um, you know, asking somebody, you know, you know, where do you think you are currently with your, with your knowledge of the word? Mm. You know, and say, you know, could you put a numerical value on it? And somebody says, well, I'm at a two. All right. Where would you like to be next year? Mm. And and the the key to being a leader is, is don't give them the answer. Well, now that's interesting. You want They've to... got to come up with the answer. Okay. You want people to come up with their own spiritual goals, sounds like. That's right. So now, and when that guy or gal says, well, I want to be at a three next year. Okay, great. How are you going to do that? Hmm. Okay. Okay. So now they. So now what you want them to do is commit to coming to church more often, coming to a Bible study, maybe setting up a one-on-one Bible study with somebody. But it has to be their decision so that they will commit to it. Otherwise, if the church leader is standing there saying, "Hey, I want you to come to Bible study," and hey, we're going to be there, you know. Uh, Saturday morning or Wednesday night, and and I need you to be there. And he'll say okay, but then he won't show up because mm-hmm. there's no commit no commitment. But the church leader needs to say, I want to create 
an opportunity for you, what would work for you? Okay. Well, tell me again now, why, what is the value in my coming back as a church leader? Say I come back a year later and I say, now, uh, you said you were a two on this scale and you wanted to be a three. How are you doing now? What is the value in my doing that? What is the value in my holding that person accountable? Because by holding them accountable, it's, well, first of all, it's a, it's a, it is a um, environment of honesty. So we want to be honest. And so, and as a leader, what I have to be careful that I don't do is ever belittle someone mm-hmm. or make them feel bad or, or, um, and, and, and I mean, feel bad to make them feel less than, I don't want everyone, somebody to feel less than, right. um, that's different than reprimanding somebody for, for, um, an egregious error. Yes. That, does that make sense? I yes. Mean, that's, so they're. So, but if, if somebody, you know, a year later, I say, Hey, you know, how's it going? How's your spiritual walk? Where are you at? And they say, well, I'm at a two and a half. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Progress. That's better than two. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So where do you, where do you want to be next year? Okay. okay. Three, a three, a three and a half. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where, what, what can I do to help you do that? You know, and if, and, and a church leader sometimes becomes the best leader when they recognize somebody else that needs to be the leader mm-hmm. and they hand it off to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what you need to do to help people grow is put them in a leadership position. Yes. Well, right? and so if somebody says, I'd like to teach Bible class and you may even know they're not really ready. Well, how about if we teach together? Or how about if I pair you up with this person and you start teaching this class? Because I am a big believer that if you want to master anything, volunteer to teach it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Because the teacher always learns more than the students. Right. So if you want to learn something, volunteer to teach it. Yes. So, but you have to create, as a leader, we have to create this environment that, and then, though, and so we want their brain to kick into gear. We want their decisions and their commitments, not mine as a church leader, because their spirituality is not, you know, God's not going to say, when you get, you know, stand before God, how are your church leaders? That's not how that conversation is going to go. That conversation is about them as an individual, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, we we want that, we want to create that environment in the church, right? Be supportive. We want to make sure that the heirs, every opportunity for someone to grow and, and, uh, and, and quite honestly, be a part of the family. Friends, we'll get back to this interview with Bill Stone in just a moment. I think it's good right now for us to pause and say a prayer for our church leaders. You know, Bill is talking about what a great responsibility they have to create those environments where we can grow spiritually. I want to encourage you to pray for your church leaders and to pray for church leaders everywhere. They do have an awesome and a serious responsibility to watch out for our spiritual health. We ought to treat them kindly. We ought to treat them with mercy. We ought to cut them slack, and we certainly ought to pray for them. Let's do that right now. Father, I want to thank you for those who lead us in your family. 
for elders and shepherds, for ministers, for deacons, for ministry leaders, for everyone who has influence in the body of Christ. Thank you for their efforts to help us to grow spiritually. Lord, may you bless them with wisdom, with courage, with greater love for us. Bless them with a kind and gentle spirit. And together, Father, may we glorify you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I can see if I put myself in the position of that a person who is uh, at a self-acclaimed two and I want to move to a three, I can see that if, if I expect you to come and ask me how I'm doing a year later, that gives me a little bit more incentive to get to work on my goals. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely, because that's right. Because And there, the key there, Carrie, is that it was your goal. It wasn't me, the church elder or, or deacon telling you what your goal was yes it has to be it has to be your goal and so but the church leaders need to go ask everyone in the church what their spiritual goal is mm, okay and the church and the church leader that excels at this is the one that's actively asking re- repeatedly and and so, you know just like when we do in the business world on a weekly bi-weekly or monthly basis we're standing in front of our our uh business management, leadership, uh, committee committees or whatnot, and they're saying, here's what you said you would do, where are you at in relation to that, and what are you going to do next? Mm. Yeah, so, the accountability is an incentive for you to yes. try to reach your goals. And I really appreciate the way you talk about how uh, leaders need to be loving and kind and gentle, shepherds. Oh. Uh, encouragers, motivators, uh, not speak down, not belittle. I like that, but you still believe they should come to folks and say, okay, here's your goal. What kind of progress have you made? That's accountability. Yes, sir. That's right. And then, right, and then recognize if someone is not growing, I think that's where that heart-to-heart discussion, that's where the church, the hard part of being a church leader comes in. Mm Mm-hmm. And having some having those tough conversations, and and hopefully the outcome will be that somebody will make a different decision, yes. and start moving forward. Good, right? good, good, excellent. Well, uh, you know we've talked about uh, we talked about accountability. We've talked about expectations. We've talked about focusing on results. Uh, before we leave those topics, is there anything else you want to say to church leaders on those topics? Um. Great question. Um, you know, I just think that um, um, if I can if I can say this, that the you know um, church leadership is a is a love right, that requires and, and and it requires a positive relational tone. Hmm. Okay. That that makes sense. So yes. it's, I'm I'm thinking through this. I'm thinking. Okay, it requires a positive relational tone. And the work of a church leader requires drive and setting expectations and discipline. So, and I think the the best leaders are clear on what they're trying to accomplish. Mm, okay. So they may are talking about that. So good. Anyway. Good. Very good. Well, let me just ask you this very general question before we close. Do you have any other sure. suggestions, any other general suggestions for church leaders, maybe things you've learned in the business world that you think would benefit church leaders to hear? 
yeah, sometimes um, uh, just know that sometimes when you create opportunities for people, it, it may not go well. Um, you'll find people that just don't have a certain skill set that you thought they might have had, and that's okay. But then create other opportunities for those people mm. as a church leader. Right, so you might have thought somebody would have been a good teacher, and then as they you 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 know as they you learn they're teaching a class, they're not very good teachers, right? Yes, and and it's not and it's not just an inexperienced thing, right? There might be some other issues, so that's where maybe they need to rather than being a a class teacher, maybe they they could be a one on one um, person or find other opportunities for them. Don't don't give up if there's if the first time. You create an opportunity for somebody that it fails. That's that's okay. Yes, right. We're just trying to we're trying to help this person grow. I have heard you say in this interview so many times that church leaders are there to create opportunities for people to grow. I like that. Yes, sir. I like that. Yes, sir. What else would you suggest to church leaders? You know, certainly reach out and 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 and. <laughs> All the great athletes in the professional world all have coaches, and they they all and the reason they have a coach is a coach is to hold them accountable, right? And so, right, and, I, and I'm I'm thinking here of you know some of the great like basketball players or or football players or whatnot, you know, like you know Michael Jordan doesn't need a coach to tell him how to shoot free throws or dribble the ball. Mm-hmm. What he needed a coach was. The reason he needed a coach was to coach him into becoming a team player and a team leader that he needed to be to win championships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the, and, you know, so even great, uh, church leaders, elders, deacons, right. They need their own accountability partners. Yes. Okay. Who's going to hold, who's going to, who's talking to them about what's their goals expectations and there should be a, a weekly or monthly um, accountability discussion are they doing what they said they would do very good very good uh, so. great ideas great suggestions uh, let's wrap this up I don't want to take any more time sure. out of your out of your business day and again I'm so grateful that you took the time to speak with us uh, um, any closing thoughts of all the suggestions and recommendations that you offered today? Which would you like to emphasize before we close? Oh, I, that's a great good question. So I think, you know, focusing on the fact that um, um, leaders need to create opportunities. They're not um, oppressive. So it's not leaders telling people what to do. Good. The best leaders ask. They don't tell. Good. They lead. They don't drive. They lead. They don't drive. Exactly. Good. Exactly. Good. Okay. Well, any any other closing thoughts you want to share with with the church leaders out there who are going to be listening to this podcast? Any closing thoughts? Oh, you know, uh, pray a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great. we all rely on prayer. Well, listen, yes, Bill, it's been great to have you in this podcast. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your insights and your recommendations for us. So many good ideas here that we can build on and uh we just really appreciate the time you gave us. 
absolutely appreciate the offer. Okay, that's all for today, friends. I want to say thank you, Bill, for taking the time for this interview. I really appreciate it, and I know our listeners do as well. Your comments have been very helpful. I know church leaders will find them extremely helpful as together we try to help churches thrive. So thank you for your love of the Lord and for his church and for your interest in the health and growth of the church. Okay, that's all, folks, for today. Thank you for joining us today. We will be back next week with another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive.